Hello, everybody, and welcome to the next Customer Success Conversations podcast. I'm Adam Joseph, your host and founder of CSM Insight. Well, on today's pod, it's a real thrill uh, to welcome not only someone who I hugely respect in the world of customer success, but someone I count as a really good buddy of mine. It's John Kelly, who is the VP of Amira at Natiro. John, a very warm welcome to you. Thanks, Adam. Thanks for inviting me. Nice to be here. So John was previously the founder and managing director of a business in Dublin called CustomerLink. And CustomerLink were very much the, the face of Natiro within EMEA. But even more recently, I'm delighted to say that you, you joined the Natiro family, right, John? That's right, Adam. Yes, I founded CustomerLink actually about two and a half years ago. And CustomerLink provided sales and customer success as a service to, to clients looking to enter the European market. So we had a very successful collaboration with Natero. We provided that, I guess, the EMEA office effectively for Natero for that time period. And said Natero acquired CustomerLink back in Q1 this year and, yeah, formally joined the Natero family. So delighted to be on board. Perfect. Now, Natiro is one of those names I think anyone who is within customer success may have heard of. And normally, when you talk about some of the major players within CS Tech, Natiro's name is often mentioned within it. And But for anyone who isn't familiar or only knows it in, in a very top-level way, could you give us more of a description about what Natiro is all about? Natiro is a customer success software platform. Natiro is a company actually is headquartered in Silicon Valley, California. And as we said earlier, is now has its European headquarters here in Dublin, Ireland. And what Natero does essentially is it helps customer success managers prevent churn and also to increase account expansion or revenue expansion and also to manage more customers with less effort. And we achieve that by using the data to be able to streamline workflows and task management and automate some uh, repetitive tasks. Got it. Okay. Now, irrespective of whatever solution that someone wants to go with if they decide that they need customer success technology. I think both you and I have regularly identified that there needs to be a foundation in place first so that they are going to have a successful deployment. So mm -hmm. in your experience, what, what are some of those key things? What are some of those key building blocks that companies need to think about even before that they decide that they need to implement a customer success technology? Yeah, that's a great question. I think the first thing would be, are you business ready? Meaning to say, do you really understand and have a good grasp on, on your customer success as a business, regardless of technology? So if you dive into that a little bit, the first thing is, if you look at your customers, customers have, they're different, right? So typically, I guess customers have either large enterprise organizations, perhaps, or mid-tier or smaller, or they operate in different industry verticals. The key point being that customers have different business expectations or they've bought your product for, for different business reasons. So they have different expectations for your product. Typically, they'll, they'll use your product differently. And therefore, I guess the, the success criteria or the factors that make them healthy will be different purely by, by those factors. So I guess the key part would be, you know, have you a clear vision of how your customers operate in different segments? What are the key features, for example, that they need to be using by when to get value quickly? And obviously, there are key points for renewal. And I guess the flip side of that is, do you really understand the leading indicators for, for risks? So, for example, if they've worked with somebody like yourself, Adam, to understand churn, for example, mm -hmm. you know, maybe churn is driven by different things. Maybe it's a high support backlog or high time to closure or you know, low engagement during onboarding. But understanding those things make it very easy, I guess, to automate that using technology. So 
and conversely, if you don't understand those leading indicators of churn or maybe for revenue expansion and, and so on, it's going to be very, very hard to leverage technology. And I guess one of the other things that comes to mind often when I talk to customers is, do you really understand and have you got a right, the right alignment between your business processes and what technology might be able to, to enable? So, so, for example, you know, is there a high-touch strategy for your enterprise customers and maybe a, a lower-touch strategy for uh, lower-tier accounts? And if you engage technology, what will that enable and how it allow you to change your business processes or maybe change the way your business process operates? So, for example, maybe if you have something like Natero on board, you can automate all your low-end customer support of low-tier customers, or maybe you can automate things like NPS process, survey deployment and things like that mm-hmm. to allow your valuable CSM resources to focus on your more, your more valuable strategic accounts. So there has to be an alignment between your business processes and, and what technology can enable. I think you've touched upon some, some really important points there. And even if I think about some of the organizations that I've met with and, and been a part of where customer success technology has, has been introduced, I, I've seen it done really well and I've seen it done poorly where it's been somewhat of a white elephant and struggled really to, to gain the momentum to be properly released. And some of that has been down to, mm. I think, a lack of understanding about really what's involved and yeah. the need to involve. It's not just typically something that can be implemented by a customer success team itself, but sometimes needs the help of other stakeholders in the business, whether that's yes. engineering or operations. Is that something that you've seen a lot as well? And, and have you got any advice out there for anyone thinking about what they really need to do internally to make sure that the that they've got a good chance of launching yeah. the, the CS Tech successfully? Yeah, that's a that's a, a really, really good question because you're right, it, it can be, um, you know, I guess like many technology deployments, they've all got their nuances and, their, and there's, uh, there's definitely things you can do to improve the chances of success. I would say one of those things maybe would be to be, be very clear about your data. So, so just for anybody who's not clear about it, the way customer success platforms typically work is, we integrate all of your customer data, okay? So when we say customer data, that's account data, typically held in a CRM that describes your customers, right? And then there's what we call event data. So that's typically how customers are behaving. So that could be support ticket data, NPS survey data, billing data, feature usage data, whatever data you've got in different systems that describe how your customers are using your product and ultimately how they get value. So when you integrate all of that data onto a platform, like, for example, like Natero, or, or, or some other platform, that allows us to build a 360-degree view of your customers in their entirety and how they're behaving. And then you can leverage that data to, to create alerts and automate task creation at scale and create health scores and so on. So I guess the point I'm trying to make here is it's all about the data. It really is all about the data. So being able to integrate that data, all of your data, by the way, onto a platform is really, really important. And the point has to be made that data integration can be a messy process. It, it mm. sometimes can be tricky. And, and during a sales process, of course, we can be very clear about what customers' data or desired systems are. But it's really important that there's a technical qualification of what data customers want to integrate. And, and that's sometimes, you know, the, the devil is in the detail there. So it's around... What are we going to connect to different systems? Is there a connector built in place, for example, a native integration with third-party systems? That's really important. Mm-hmm. Or, is, or is your data scattered in various spreadsheets and CSV files and so on? Now, now, again, there's ways to integrate with CSV upload options and so on, but those things are less robust and they might be a little bit more brittle. So, mm-hmm. you know, as long as those things are comprehended up front, we can make plans for those things. But they're the types of things that need to be catered for. And, and, and a good way on a very practical level is, and we do this as part of our process is it's good to have to bring in your your technical stakeholders so 
for example, your integration engineers or, or even your dev team, if they're going to be using APIs and so on, involve them in the process and, and have a, a tech on tech type of call where hmm. you can have that kind of have a two way conversation about what data do you want to integrate and how do you want to do it and, and make sure that if there's any questions that they're all, you know, that conversation happens long before, uh, long before you want to hit the go button on a contract. You think about it, I mean, dev teams typically operate in sprint cycles and, you know, they're measured on um, product release and feature enhancements and so on. So, if you haven't given those guys a heads up that you want them to participate in a project, well, then don't be surprised if they can maybe support you in the time from you want. So that's as much about stakeholder management as anything else. So I would say that data integration is a, is a key part of the process that requires upfront validation and, and preparation and alignment with your, with your technical teams, for sure. So to kind of paraphrase some of the things you've gone through there, stakeholder management is key and making sure that at a senior level within the business, they clearly understand what is being brought in, the benefits it has, and what level of involvement, if any, that each of you know, those senior stakeholders is going to need, particularly if they're, if they're going to be responsible for plugging in the data to the CS mm-hmm. technology. Making sure you've got the data there in some format or of another, whether it's a, a normalized structured database or, as you say, just as a, a CSV file. Um, and then, obviously, the an ability to, to plug that into the, the software. In other words, does it have the integration capabilities that you need? Um, the other area that I want to talk about was was playbooks. So playbooks is something that gets talked a lot about within the customer success world. How important is it that, that someone has already created these playbooks when develop, when in bringing in customer success technology? Or does the technology providers themselves come pre-armed with playbooks that they can then modify or develop? That's another great question. I, I think it comes back to a little, a little bit of what we talked about earlier about being business ready. The, mm-hmm. the likelihood is that if you were, if you have a CS team in any shape or form, you probably have some playbooks in place already. Now, the thing is, they may not be formalized, but they may not be consistent, especially as teams grow. You know, there's always a tendency for people to have their own formula for dealing with different things. And as teams scale, that can become problematic, you know, because, you know, as you scale any operation or any team, you want to have best practice ingrained across the team, right? So that you drive the right level of efficiency. So, so I would say having some level of process defined, and, and, and I guess that's what essentially a playbook is. It's a process for responding to different situations, be that renewals or alerts or, or risks or opportunities or whatever. I think it's good practice to have those processes or playbooks in place anyway. Now, what I've seen is though, when, when you integrate customer success technology, you're, really, you know, you're putting something in place that allows you to scale much more efficiently. So if you have an alert, for example, for, you know, let's say a low usage during onboarding or, or maybe customers that might be turning unhealthy or something like that, you have an alert and you have a task that gets created. And typically that piece of software will, will allow you to document your playbook within that task structure. So, so by, by default, as you implement the technology, you're going to have to document your playbook for those given situations. And you may have those already in place, which is great to my earlier point. You know, if you have a good handle on your business, then you can really plug a lot of this in pretty quickly. But in most cases, what the technology will do is it will it will force you to document them quite, you know, in a bit maybe maybe perhaps more clearly and more consistently mm. for the team. Um, and the benefits then is as you have a, a, a team at scale, perhaps in different countries or different regions, or you know, they're not working from a very excuse the pun, but they're working off the same hymn sheet or the same plan. Yeah. So what um, what what you're essentially saying is just by the very nature of the introducing a customer success technology is going to force better working practices within the team anyway, because it's going to make them think about how these things are going to be not only documented but implemented within the technology uh, platform. Yeah, exactly. And, and yeah. you know, playbooks that have been in place for quite some time, I mean, they may be due for refresh or, or, or updating. So it's a perfect opportunity to, um, as I said, to document best practice across the team. 
no love it and i mean if if you've got to all this stage and gone through many of the checks and balances that we've spoken about before and a cs leader is still met by somewhat of a skeptical ceo who's really saying look does this do we really need this does this can we not achieve this within our, our crm systems such as salesforce or whatever other system they use what what do you think are going to be the the absolutely key things that a ceo wants to hear when trying to nail home the business case about implementing and, and using up restricted budget yeah. on, on what can be sometimes a very expensive system. Good point. And I mean, I, I guess with any project like that or any investment, it's really important from the outset to be crystal clear on what, what problem are you really trying to solve with the technology, right? Because I think that focuses the mind into being very, very clear about what the success criteria are and, and, and ultimately what value you're trying to get from that investment or from that technology. So I think, you know, be very, very clear when you're thinking about business case in terms of what problem are you trying to solve. And, you know, when I talk to companies, there's, there's, there's essentially there's two categories, I would say, very, very broad categories. One is customers that have a significant churn problem that they're trying to address. But more often it's the latter, which is, Customers that are trying to, they're trying to grapple with the challenges of growth and scale. Typically, you know, information is fragmented in lots of different systems, which limits efficiency, right? CSM spent a lot of time trying to log into different systems to get the information they need. And, and ultimately, that limits the numbers of, of accounts that a CSM can manage. Mm-hmm. And, and that has implications for the number of CSMs you need to have on your team and therefore cost. And in some cases, in that scenario, actually, CSMs will probably make a decision or have to make a decision that there's just some, perhaps a long tail of customers that they just cannot afford to support. Mm-hmm. So, so, I th- so I think when you have a, an inefficient operation like that with fragmented information, which results in a limit to the number of accounts that CSMs can manage, basically what you're saying is by implementing technology, CMC, CSMs, because it's more efficient, they can handle more accounts each. And that means that perhaps the cost of hiring the CSM team mm-hmm. and the, therefore the cost of scaling your operation is, is less. So go back to your CEO conversation. You know, you're able to support your, your expanding customer base with less expensive CSMs because you're leveraging technology. I think that's a probably a, a key piece of it. And I guess the other thing on the, on the flip side of it, aside from efficiency, is, you know, the, the technology will improve your revenue. And, and that's probably coming from reducing churn and, and also being able to spot opportunities to, to get upsell and to maybe increase trial conversion to paid and things like that. So, so two, two buckets in a long, if you summarize that, is improving revenue and increasing efficiency. I think that's, well, that's what it comes down to. Well, that, that nicely leads into my final question, which was around, obviously, once you've gone through the case of building the rationale about why you need to bring customer success technology in and you've invested all of the other stakeholders and you've got a successful launch, clearly it's vital that you're able to show some demonstrable results, both you know, shortly after launch and then long term as well, just to make yeah. sure that you've promised all of these benefits that you're actually delivering it. So based on what you've just said about how you're going to convince a, maybe a skeptical CEO about the, the rationale of bringing the technology platform in, are those the kind of things that afterwards you want to show? You want to have metrics around that this is what it was before and this is what it is now to actually show the tangible difference that bringing in this platform has brought? I think if you start off that whole conversation around what problem are you really trying to address in your business? Is it a revenue impact because of churn or if it's an efficiency issue and so on? Ultimately, your, your, your success metrics ought to include those things. So, so, for example, if you can reduce churn by a few percentage points per month, that can have a dramatic impact on the overall mm. cumulative effect on, on increasing revenue and growth. And if you can, by, for example, introducing alerts, save two or three customers, that's real ROI right there. If you can increase the amount of trial customers that convert to paid, 
like we've some we've talked to some companies and they've got at any point in time they may have hundreds of customers on trial but they can't identify who are more likely to convert to paid but data you can you can very quickly identify those customers and if you can convert a a, a greater percentage of those faster to being paying customers again they're very tangible benefits and and the other the other bucket, as I said, is that all the benefits of increasing efficiency for CSMs mean ultimately that CSMs can handle more accounts each and therefore you can probably delay the, the CSM higher because your, your team are handling more. And, and in the same breath there, it's really, you know, you're perhaps automating and introducing fully automated support to, to perhaps one segment of your customer base that, that might be appropriate as well. So, mm. so, so I think, you know, starting with the end in mind with all these things is always good, Adam. You know, so, so if you're very clear about you know, the problem you're trying to address or the opportunity, and in the end, if you're clear about what the success metrics are, those, those things should follow through in the um, post-implementation. Uh, the one thing I would say, though, is with any implementation plan, you know, the expression, don't boil the ocean. You know, you've got to be realistic because, as I said to folks, CSMs are typically busy, very busy people with the day job, and there's a limit to how fast you can run with technology. So it's always good to have, working with your CSM to have a, a pragmatic ramp plan or a success plan so that mm. you start maybe by, as I say, maybe being very clear about your segments, maybe then follow up with some alerts or maybe automating some tasks, uh, basically starting with things that are going to really free up some time and, and um, make, make the day job of the CSM easier. And then obviously as, as, uh, you know, as you get more comfortable, you can actually start to leverage the different features and, and getting more value from the platform. Fantastic. Well, as I said earlier, I mean, uh, this whole conversation piece around customer success technology is a perennial one. It's certainly one that I talk about a lot with with my clients now. And so I think many of the fantastic points that you've made will be of immeasurable help to anyone listening in who's also going down that path of trying to figure out what we think customer success technology is going to help us. But it's vital that you, you don't maybe underplay what the building block to make sure that long term you get a successful deployment and ultimately a positive movement on those key metrics are going to make a vital difference to not only customer success to the, to, but to the business at large. John, listen, I really want to thank you for your, your time. It's been incredibly valuable and certainly look forward to meeting up again soon. Thanks so much. Thank you, Adam. My pleasure. Thanks again for the opportunity.